Today's episode of 1% Better is brought to you by Remarkably Remote, a new daily microcast from GoToMeeting all about making work from home work for you. With indispensable intel on how to stay sane, motivated, and productive at home, we're here to help you in this brave new remote working world. Add to your flash briefing on Alexa or subscribe on your favorite podcasting app. Ultimately, I'm going to keep saying it, get 1% better every day, just get a little bit better every day. Hi, welcome back. Stephen Holder here with Zach Kiefer. It's another episode of 1% Better, your favorite, I hope, uh, Colts podcast. And look, we've been busy lately. Uh, I don't know about you, Zach. I haven't taken a day off lately, uh, quarantine or no quarantine. No. <laughs> what is this, right? Uh, the NFL doesn't stop for any virus. Yeah, I, it's, it's weird. I keep watching social media and people talking about being bored and having nothing to do. And I'm like, I'm so busy. <laughs> it's like, uh, I can't it, relate. It, without daycare, it's really hard, to yeah. be honest. Right. I've never appreciated daycare more in my life. I, I told my daughter this morning, I was like, hey, no offense, but I so wish there was school. <laughs> She's oh, like, yeah. you want me to get Corona? Yeah. I said, no. Well, I just, I wish this weren't happening. So you could go to school. Anyhow, uh, so you feel my pain. But uh, yeah, l- just to recap real quick, um, real quickly, I guess we, we talked to Frank Reich this week, which was somewhat enlightening because it's the first time we've talked to him since they've made this flurry of moves. Um, this for me, real quick, what was your biggest takeaway from that about 30 minutes or, or so with Frank the other day? My biggest takeaway was he was the driving force behind this Rivers move. I feel like I can say that yeah. pretty confidently. Um he watched every throw Rivers made. He compared him with all the other options. They looked at the other options, and that included Tom Brady. And he is absolutely dead set on Philip Rivers being the guy. They feel like the fit is is really, really good. They feel like Rivers knows 80 to 85% of the offense now without even walking in the building yet, which is huge for a quarterback coming to a new team and a new system. He already knows the system. That's huge. So uh, I feel like the Colts leaned on Frank's quarterback expertise in this situation. A lot of interesting options out mm-hmm. there. I mean, Bridgewater and Winston and Brady. And they went with Rivers, the 38-year-old who had a down year last year. And Frank seems to be very, very confident that this is the guy and this is what they need. That's what I took from it. Yeah, that was also my takeaway. And that's actually exactly what I wrote uh, on the heels of, of that video conference right um, and I think it's pretty clear and and I think certainly he had to have sign off from Jamerse and J- clearly yeah, I don't think that him. was an issue um, <laughs> no Jim's like quarterback do it <laughs> and so uh, clearly I think the other guy here is Chris Chris Ballard and I, I really think you know we haven't heard Chris talk about this publicly but my sense and just the uh, sort of vibe that I've gotten on this is that this is really Chris Ballard saying okay I trust you and and Chris Ballard is not professing to say he's not professing that that Philip Rivers is going to have you know an All Pro year. That that's not what he's saying here. And, and I don't even think Frank Reich's saying that either. But I but I think this is Chris Ballard saying, all right, you know what, you're my guy. I trust you. We're going to go with your gut here. And and that being Frank Reich. Boy, times have changed in Indianapolis, <laughs> haven't they? Just listen to what you just said. I, I don't know what you're talking about. No, but let me let me get your thoughts on this. So we've we've paid attention to the moves they made, not just this year, the last couple years, there have been multiple situations, and I can think of one, where Ballard has basically 
said, okay, Frank, if this is what you want for your offense, I'm going to give you the leeway to go make this, to make this move. Devin Funches was a Frank Reich move. Mm, yeah. And we'll never know if that would have worked out if, if Funches had stayed healthy, if Andrew Luck had played football last year. But it's, it's very interesting to see the GM not just talking the talk, but walking the walk in terms of letting the coach make the moves he wants to make. And, and it, you know how this works. I mean, it's Frank's offense. He calls the plays. He's very, very involved on the player selection. Paris Campbell comes to mind. Um, this is another example of, of the GM basically saying, okay, if you want this guy, we can make it happen. Yeah, I really think that's an important point to make here. And it's a healthy thing. It really is. Because it, it's kind of like, you know, in any in any relationship, I mean, if you're making a, a collective decision and and that decision is completely one-sided, then it's never going to work. Or it just at least creates complications, right? Uh, so here you have... You know, both people have to feel like they're getting what they want out of the relationship. Okay. And I think Frank Wright can say that because his voice is carrying some weight with Chris Ballard, as it should. But at the same time, Chris Ballard does have complete authority over the roster. That is not in doubt, and that has been in doubt to him by Jim Mersey. And and Frank Reich is very quick to tell you that. Okay, every time we talk about player acquisitions, yes. he's like, Chris Ballard has Chris complete makes the decision. authority over the roster. So he is not just like you know doing this out of some obligation. Uh, I think this is really him saying, okay, you know what, I'm sensitive to your needs as the head coach and as the offensive play caller, and I trust your instincts as well as a player evaluator, and so. We're going to heed the advice that you give. So so I think that's an important point to make. And I think it's healthy for the organization to have that. That has been a complication here before, as we know. So Yeah, and, and just want to, to wrap a bow on it, I mean, this is this is a telling thing. And, and, and obviously, we always talk about this. GMs want to build for the long haul. Mm-hmm. Coaches want to win now. The Colts are kind of playing this game where they want to win both. And this was your question to Frank the other day. And he said, it's not either or, it's it's – it's 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 both and. Yeah. He likes to say that phrase, both and. It's hard to do. Teams have done it. It's possible. But this is a direct quote from Frank. We're trying to win now. It's important to win now. Our fans want to know we are going to win now. Philip Rivers is about the now. Yeah. Absolutely is yeah. about the now. $25 million for one year. That's appeasing the coach who's trying to win now. And we'll see if it appeases the GM who's trying to build for the long haul because you don't have any quarterbacks on the roster for 2021 at this point. But um, interesting to, to hear from Frank and get that sort of background on, you know, this was this was him. He was pushing for this. He wanted this to happen. Yeah. So anyhow, we could do this all day. But actually, interestingly, we want to do something a little different today on this podcast. And we want to actually incorporate you, the listener. And so what we've kind of come up with, Zach and I, is we are going to we, – we actually already did. We solicited questions from listeners via Twitter. We got lots of great responses. And so what we're going to do is just tackle them and just run through our thoughts on your questions uh, sort of one by one. Uh, they run the gamut, <laughs> and I think yeah. that that is a good thing. That tells us that uh, that people are interested in, in all of these uh, subjects and areas that we, that we address, and it lets us know what – what you want to read about too, to some extent. So that's a healthy thing too. So uh, Zach, kick it off. Um, what are the people wanting to know? Tons of great questions. There was a couple that I highlighted that made me think and stop and, and, and figure out something for a minute. So hmm. um, I don't want to miss too many of these, but we'll just jump right in. This is from Ben Singer. Seems like the Colts will have a ton of guys on one-year deals. So he lists a couple, Rivers, Rhodes, Day, Pascal, Moe, 
uh, Clark McLaughlin. Is there a reason for this? And who do you think has the best chance of being an indie for 2021? That's a good point because there are a lot of one-year deals right now. Yeah, I actually, it's not something I thought about in that context, but he's absolutely right. Uh, I do think that that goes to what you were just saying about, you know, Frank Reich talking about the now versus the future. Uh, They're sort of in a, they're in a, not a weird place, but they're in an interesting place, right? Yeah. They, they have a good team, but it's missing some pieces. And and maybe the one-year deals, they bridge the gap. And that's what they're trying to do. They're, they're bridging that gap. Um, is it intentional? I don't know that it, it was necessarily intentional. I think it was more out of obligation, right? They're trying to, yeah. trying to fill those holes. But at the same time, you don't commit to these long-term deals with guys who maybe, you know, maybe you can improve upon, you know, and – in time. So, so I think that's the thinking there. Who has the best chance to stay? I mean, don't you think that, well, first of all, I think Zach Pascal has, has, uh, has a, a soft spot in, uh, in both Frank Reich's and Chris Ballard's heart. Why <laughs> would love he? that kid? I don't see him going anywhere. Yeah. I, I think it will, that will be, that will kind of come down to whether, um, you know, he wants to go out there and, and, and explore free agency and what his prospects are. I couldn't begin to tell you. That's a long way off. But uh, but I think if if he wants to be here, I think they make a way for him to be here. He's so beloved in that building uh, by yeah. the team, by his teammates, and by the staff. He's, he's the new Jack Doyle. You know, yeah, like he he really he really is. And uh, that that was hey that was Jack Doyle's comparison, not mine. So those are Jack Doyle's words. Mm. Um, I really think from talking to people that the Rivers thing could very well be a two-year thing. I understand yeah. why the Colts only wanted to commit to one year. That was probably one of the reasons why Brady was never seriously considered because Brady wasn't just a two-year deal in Tampa. It's $50 million guaranteed. It's two years guaranteed. The Colts basically commitment. just did half that. I, I, if everything goes well with Rivers, I would think both sides would want to come to a pretty quick agreement on another year. If they think he's still, you know, physically able to do what he did uh, this past season, if it goes well. I think Rivers could be back in 2021, assuming things go well this year. Both sides will want to work that out. I don't think Rivers would want to go play somewhere else again. Right. Um, Xavier Rhodes, that's the, that's the interesting one because he got a one-year deal. You know, this guy signed a $70 million deal just a couple of years ago. So he's going to have to prove a lot. We'll probably get into him in a little bit. But um, an interesting signing. We heard from him this past week. No doubt that guy was stung from the from the cut, from getting cut in, in Minnesota. And he's got he's got a lot to prove. And and we're gonna have to see how this plays out because he did not play good football last year. Yeah, life comes at you fast, man. <laughs> I mean, think about that. I mean, Xavier Rhodes was basically, you know, he, he was gonna be, he was an All Pro. Uh, just he was to, maybe you know maybe one of the best corners in football. Yeah, right. I, I mean, and now here he is, you know, trying to latch on and revive his career. So, uh, what a sport. But anyway, uh, what else we got? Andrew Thomason wants to know, Andrew's a friend from IPUI, that um, this is a good question. Knowing that Rivers is a one-year stopgap solution, we kind of addressed that. It might be a two-year stopgap. What are the chances the Colts trade back into the first round and grab a quarterback? Hmm. I think this is definitely possible. So, I just did – I just had the pleasure of doing a seven-round mock draft for the Colts 
which, wow, was really hard. <laughs> okay, let me just be clear. And uh, so I, 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 a lot of props to all of the draft analysts who do this on a regular basis. I mean, I've done mock drafts before. I don't think I've ever done a seven-round mock, so this was a little... That would be so different. hard, like yeah. starting with the fourth and fifth and sixth round. Oh, incredibly difficult. And it's, you know, it's darts at a board. But I think you, what we do is we just use what we know about the Colts, what we know about Chris right. Ballard and, and the way they think, and, and you narrow it down. But anyhow, to, to the question... Um, I, I just think that the hard thing to know here, what I, cause I considered that, right? So they got these two, these two second round picks, 34 and what is it, 44? And you're sitting there and you're like, okay, that's a lot of ammunition. They are very well positioned to move up into the first round. No question about it. The question I had though was how far are the, the quarterbacks going to fall, if at all, right? And particularly Jordan Love. I mean, he's the guy we think is, quote unquote in play, but it's so hard to project. I, I just couldn't go there. I couldn't bring myself uh to to project that that Jordan Love was going to be sitting there at, you know, pick twenty one or twenty two and say, all right, they can make this happen. Now could that happen? Absolutely. It's just that it's just too unpredictable right now. And I just didn't feel enough conviction to to predict that. And and that's the thing. So I think there's two parts to the question. Will there be somebody within range for them to go get? Right. That's the question. And, and then the second question is, then do they do it? Right. Which is what the question is, uh, that you just posed. But I think, again, the hard part for me is, will there even be the opportunity? I think Jordan Love is like one of the biggest wild cards in the entire first round to me. You know, this guy could go top five, top 10, or he could go, you know, yeah. 25th. I have no freaking idea. Uh, let me get your thoughts on I this. I think the Colts... Well, just one quick thing. Let me get your thoughts on this. Yeah. They, they trade out from number 13 and go get, obviously, DeForest Buckner. Love the deal. Right. I got no criticism right. of that. But if they loved, and I don't mean this, no pun intended here, but if they were like in love with Jordan Love, right? Do they do that? I don't think they do. Right. But like they've said, they couldn't bank on the fact that they would get the guy they wanted. And they sure. weren't specifically saying quarterback. But if you paid attention to Frank the other day, he said, look, it's, it's the draft every year. We're looking really hard at quarterbacks. You identify three to four guys that would fit your system and that you think would be really good pros. And you still don't know if you're going to have a shot at any of them. They're not picking yeah. in the top five. Now, if they were picking in the top five, they wouldn't have traded that pick. We know that. They would have liked the talent up there. They didn't think they could get up there. They didn't know if it was worth the risk of, of trading away that much. But I think the Colts see 34 and 44 almost as a package deal. I, like you said, ammunition. I feel like they, they made the move at 13 to get Buckner, knowing they still have a shot to package 34 and 44 to move up if they want. I think it's very much on the table, and I think it could happen. And it could be a receiver as well. Um, but I just, I just feel like, I just feel like they're gonna, they're not done being aggressive. That's how I feel on this. So uh, I don't necessarily know if it's going to be a quarterback they move up to get. It could be a receiver. Um, we'll see. But I don't know if they're done. I don't know if they're just going to sit on those thirty-four and forty-four picks. Mm. Yeah, I think that's it's going to be intriguing. We'll see. I mean, we could have a long night on the first night of the draft where nothing happens, or we could it's have a like late what surprise. we had last year. They traded out, right? Right, and. I do think everything's on the table, so so there's that. So and you could still get a great receiver in round two, as sure. you, you know, sure. And they have two of those picks. So, all right, this one's from Gunner. 
Given the team's moves so far, how do you see them attacking the draft? Do you think Ballard really carry three quarterbacks on the roster if we select one in the top three rounds? This is a good question because right now your quarterbacks are Philip Rivers, Jacoby Brissett, and Chad Kelly. If they draft one, what do they do? It is an interesting question. I've thought about it, and I, I don't have a great answer. I, I think that, first of all, uh, you know Chris Ballard in particular, he's so – sort of obnoxious about the bottom of his roster in terms of like, you know, you know <laughs> That's what I mean? a good word for it. <laughs> right? like, I hope he listens to this and hears that. Like, I, I would tell him to his face, like, dude, could you stop churning the damn roster? But like, that's like, his, that's his like thing. Like Philip Walker, man. Like every <laughs> exactly. day. <laughs> exactly. Every week for two years. Right. So, so anyhow, he's, as I said, he's like obnoxious and just like neurotic about the bottom of his roster. He's always churning, trying to find those gems. And so, I wonder if it would just like kill him to just have a, a roster spot literally taking up space for a year, like that third I quarterback. Think, yeah. You know, I, I don't yeah. know. I just, I think you have to balance the future as we just talked about the future versus the present. And, and I think, you know, you can certainly get your head around that, but I, I do wonder, I kind of do wonder, like, would Dude, he, could he bring himself Chad to Kelly. do it? You just cut Chad Kelly. I mean, like, is that, is that going to hurt? Well, yeah, but I mean, even just, even just three quarterbacks. Yeah, and, and that's – but but then think about how much salary that is. A second and third rounder wouldn't be as expensive as a first rounder. But, I mean, they're already shelling out $45 million on the quarterback spot. And, and like you pointed out a couple of weeks ago, that's just bad salary cap management. I don't care if you've got a ton of space. That's just – I mean, this team has got needs elsewhere. You know, elsewhere. Um, the, the one thing I'll say know. about that – If they that. draft a quarterback, does Jacoby Brissett stay on the roster? Well, that's the that's, real question. That's where it gets complicated, yeah. It um, sounds like they want this guy. They want this guy as a backup. I'm starting to like buy it. Maybe they just want a really good offer, a really good trade offer. Yeah, I'm starting to buy that Jacoby's going to stay. Uh, I, I think because, partly because. It really sounds like it. Yeah, partly because I don't think that great offer is forthcoming. Like, I don't think it's going to happen. Although New England just made a move, and, and I don't like their quarterback situation at all. No. And do you think you think Belichick's going to go from Brady as the starter <laughs> to a – even if they draft a rookie, they're, they're, he's going to start a rookie quarterback? Coaches like Belichick hate rookie quarterbacks. I can't, I still think they might be in the in the Jacoby Brissett situation. I feel like they could maybe if things get tight and they don't get the guy they want in the draft, they could they could put a pretty good appealing offer at Chris Ballard for Jacoby Brissett. Well, I certainly don't buy what the Patriots are selling us right now, which is that like exactly. Brian Hoyer's in the mix and, and like yeah, Jared okay. right. like have fun with that. Yeah, so anyhow. Brian Hoyer lost to the Dolphins this year. I mean, we saw it. I'm just saying. Um, just Before saying. the Dolphins got good, apparently. Um, All right, what else we got? Andrew Merchant wants to know, this is a good one, with Indy not ex- not choosing to extend Marlon Mack at this time, what does it say about their intentions at the running back spot going forward? Mm-hmm. Could they potentially draft his replacement next month? This is a guy we have not talked about I a know. lot. It's Marlon Mack. So interesting thing there is, you know, I, I kind of thought that Marlon – was in play for an extension, and he still might be, but certainly not right yeah. now. It's not on the front burner at all. It's it's not it's not a priority right no. now. I can tell you that, and and I can't tell you with any certainty that it's going to happen before the season. Like that's not something that has has been discussed at any real length, from what I can tell at least. And so, what does that mean? I tried no, to figure I know out for a fact. It yeah. hasn't been. I, I tried conversations. Yeah, exactly. So. So I try to figure out, I, I try to sort of rationalize, okay, why is that and what does that mean, which is kind of what the question is here. <clears throat> Excuse me. I think that a couple of things. Number one, 
um, they they don't see any real urgency to do it because um, I, I got to believe there to some extent, man. Um, there's a couple of things here. Number one, he's a running back, and parents don't let your kids grow up to be running backs. Okay, just don't. It's not. It's not. It's not <laughs> it a fair line of work. It you don't doesn't. get paid for the work you put in. Right. And so, if you're Chris Bow, you're you're looking around the league. And you're seeing other teams that have invested in these running backs, and some of those situations haven't worked out that well. I mean, look at the Todd yeah. Gurley. Uh, Todd Gurley comes was, to mind. What was the return on investment? You know, and, and I don't know that the Rams have a lot to brag about in that situation. You know, Todd Gurley got his money. That's great. I'm all for players getting their money. Don't get me wrong, but there's two sides to these equations, and the the team is going to think about it from a very practical standpoint. And Marlon has has had some struggles with injuries. I wouldn't say he's like an injury plagued type of guy, but he has no. had a lot of knickknack injuries. And on in, in addition to that, those injuries have have opened the door to other guys. And we've seen guys go out there and make plays behind this offensive yeah. line. Jonathan Williams. Who the hell is Jonathan Williams? Back to back hundred yard games. <laughs> you know. Yeah, but on the flip side. None of these backs are nearly as good as Marlon Mack. He is different. Marlon Mack's really good. I, I'm in the Marlon Mack camp. I think he's terrific. It's a shame he plays running back because he's never going to get paid what his real value is. Um, I think he's a 1,400-yard rusher if he's fully healthy. Yeah. Last season backed that up. Um, going into the last year of his deal, I don't know what a contract would look like if they were able to get it done next spring before free agency started. But then again, he's a fourth-rounder. And it's a really good scouting job the Colts did in 17 to get him. Um, and I feel like because of the situation at running back, it could be something they look at. And it just could. Because I don't think Naheem Hines is, is a starting running back per se. I, I don't like think him Wilkins necessarily has yeah. shown enough. But it's going to be interesting to see how they handle this because they're not naive to the fact that running backs are not – they just you just they just don't get paid like they used to. Yeah. Hey, before we go on real quick, um, if you were with us last week, we did this. So we'll we'll do it again this week. Uh, we want to basically give a shout out to some local businesses that we frequent, particularly restaurants, I guess, or others as well, uh, that are, they're all struggling, certainly, in uh, today's reality with the, the quarantine situation. And so, so many of our favorite local merchants uh, just going through a tough time. So we want to just give a shout out to some who have, you know, continued to service their customers and you know their their loyal customers and um, so I'll start with one that uh, is in my part of town, uh, the Fort Benjamin area, La Playa uh, Thai Street Food, which is a mouthful, but uh, the food is fantastic. It's just sort of a quick grab and go uh, Thai place in my neighborhood, and um, discovered it when they first opened. Went there, I was kind of like, eh, it's okay, and I gotta say, you know, I I think we gave it some time and. Um, my neighbors and us just uh, ordered, I would say a couple months ago, we, we had a little get together and ordered from there and it was fantastic. I was like blown away. I was like, okay, all right, I'm in. And so we've, we've ordered a couple of times since then as well. So um, just shout out to them for the great job they do. They're open. Uh, double check with them today. They're open uh, for lunch and then they've got dinner hours as well to about 830 at night. So, so check them out. Uh, Zach, any, uh, any favorites of yours? Yeah, I'm going to give a shout-out to Ambrosia. It's an Italian spot in our neck of the woods. Um, we ordered takeout for them a couple times in the last couple of weeks, and it's it's amazing how how polite and how thankful the servers and, and the, mm. the takeout 
people are, I mean, they have a big sign out front that says, we're still open. Please, please come and get takeout here. And it's like, we love going here, um, you know, in normal circumstances. So we want to do everything we can to keep them churning, you know, in, in today. So hoping to ease, you know, the, the stress on them and keep them busy. But man, there's, there's too many to name in our neck of the woods that we yeah. hope aren't hurting too badly. Yeah. So all we can say is hang in there. Uh, we'll keep doing our part, giving these shout outs and, uh, encourage our listeners to do the same. Uh, it doesn't have to be my favorite place. It can be your favorite place, but, uh, but please, you know, do your best to, uh, to, to, to frequent these, these merchants who are just trying to hang in there and uh, deal with today's current reality. So wanted to get that in. So, uh, Zach, let's, uh, let's keep it moving. Um, what's our next question? This is from Karthik. I think I'm pronouncing that correctly. This is a good one. Which player do you feel needs to take the biggest step forward next year in order for us to make the playoffs, taking into account the recent acquisitions? I've got mm. a good one that comes to mind. This is a really good question because maybe it t- you know, forces us to talk about a guy we haven't talked about a lot. Who comes to mind for you? So this is interesting. I I actually think that uh, T.Y. Hilton, this is not – at all a suggestion that ty was a reason for what happened last season he wasn't um i think andrew luck was really <laughs> the reason that ty hilton <laughs> had the season that he that he had right i mean i think we know what happened right uh he lost his pro bowl quarterback so we know what that was but i just think that he is uh he he was the most underutilized weapon on the team last season in my opinion not 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 underutilized but i guess they just didn't get their worth out of T.Y. Hilton, probably more so yeah. than any other player. Again, not through any fault of his own. Uh, he, I think T.Y. would say the same thing. Yeah, he, he also was injured, and that is what it is, and I don't think he ever really got back to himself. He never used it as an excuse, but T.Y. wasn't T.Y. at the end of the season. I think that was pretty clear. Uh, he was I mean, When he's out there as a decoy, that's not T.Y. Hilton. But my point is, I think he had to really adjust his game to, to Jacoby Brissett, and he's got a chance with Philip Rivers. Look, I don't know how Philip Rivers is going to fare overall, but I will tell you this. He's going to give T.Y. a chance, okay? He's yep. got no problem giving his wide receivers chances. And so it'll be Good up to point. T.Y. to go make it happen and, and take it from there. He's going to get opportunities. What he does with them is up to him. But I, I really think that, that T.Y. is going to be back in uh, just back to the forefront of being able to make a difference. And when he does that now, okay, when T.Y. has those big games, they tend to make a difference, and I think the Colts tend to fare well in those types of – when he has those types of performances. So that would be my two cents. What does Rivers do? He, he throws the ball down the field. <laughs> yeah. What does T.Y. want to do? He wants to run go routes and catch touchdowns. Let's, um, let's do it. And, and I want to be careful saying this. T.Y. was happy when they signed Phillip Rivers. Let's just put it that way. Sure. Um, and I think Frank is going to scheme up ways to get his best players the ball. And, and you guys all know this out there. Like, everyone's really good in the NFL, but there's five or six guys on every good team that really make those separation plays in a game. A guy like Justin Houston, a guy like T.Y. Hilton. We didn't see enough of that from Hilton last year. It's all about getting those guys chances to make those game-winning plays. That was an absolute... Um, deficiency late in the season. And you got to get T.Y. back to being T.Y. I think Rivers gives him a chance. I'm going to go completely on the end of the, end of the spectrum with this. I'm going to say Kamoko Toure. Mm, I, like I think this guy needs to take a step up. I think he did last year. And it got kind of overlooked because it was 
the night of the Chiefs win, and they played great, and, and Ursay called it one of the biggest wins in regular season history and all that, Toure was having a great game. He was having a great start to the season. And if you can get a young pass rusher who's getting better every year, that is one of the most valuable things in this league, especially uh, for a guy that's not, you know, doesn't have a huge contract right now. If Toure can come in and, and step in for maybe Justin Houston's spot, or excuse me, not Justin Houston, Jabal Sheard's spot, right. and if he can add another edge presence with Houston on one side, Toure on the other, and get to the quarterback, and then have Buckner in the middle, remember, that could really, really, really help this defensive line. Buckner's already going to change everything. Uh, but if Toure can add six, seven, eight, nine, ten sacks, which I think he can because he was showing flashes of that last year, that'll change everything. Remember, this was a second-round pick, and he was raw, and he was injured a lot in college, but he has a burst, and he's been working with Robert Mathis, and I think this guy could have a breakout season this year. Yeah, it's just really going to boil down to, to him getting healthy. Look, that was not a minor injury. He had a, uh, a yeah. dislocation, and you know it wasn't great, but um, – but I still think this guy uh, can be a real factor for this team. And I, I, I tell you, I, I thought that pick, I was questioning the pick initially, but I, I think we saw enough flashes from him as a rookie where I bought in. And then so last year was just about, okay, well, how, how high is the ceiling now? And unfortunately, that got cut short. So I'm, I'm totally on board with you there. And uh, I think the Colts are banking on him too. I think they're really high on Ture. So, uh, yeah. Anything else? Good one. Um, from Trenton, the Colts will have about $15 million left after paying their 2020 draft picks. Yeah, they got about 25 right now um, to spend this offseason. And as you know, they're not done picking up players. They're going to add guys throughout this offseason. Would you give Clowney all the cap space on a one-year deal? <laughs> He's still out mm, there. He is. Good he question. Wants, he wants a king's ransom. So I was told... Uh, by someone in well positioned to know that uh, he wanted twenty one million dollars a year. All right, does he play quarterback? Uh, well, apparently he thinks so. the The league has basically offered him a collective answer, and the answer is hell no. <laughs> okay, because he's it's, still sitting. We're going out on three weeks, right? And he's got nothing, right? And that doesn't mean he hasn't had interest, but he doesn't have a sure, deal. Sure. So I, I don't know. I I don't know that you're going to get. From Clowney, uh, a performance that matches the money. Uh, you could also argue that DeForest Buckner is making twenty million dollars a year, right? So I get that, um, but I I also worry. I don't know if this is fair. So maybe I'm maybe I'm talking out of school here, but I wonder if is Clowney a mercenary or is he a guy who's going to join your team and be be all in, right? I don't know yeah, that. Yeah, that's a good question. I don't know that. And I but I do what think is, people what wonder. does Ballard always say? Yeah. The locker room knows they know yeah. who, who's getting paid what. They know who's worth it. I don't know if this would fit with the Colts. Look, and you've you've been on these conference calls and these Zoom sessions yeah. with all these players. And this has stood out to me. I mean TJ Carey was unbelievable yesterday to talk to. I know I he's not you know a starter. Buckner was unbelievable too. Rivers was great. You see the character traits that the Colts like in these guys. And I'm not – look, I'm not getting paid by the Colts. I'm not in the PR staff. I would tell you if it was the opposite case. This is – I don't know if this would fit that. Like I don't have any issue with Phillip Rivers coming in the locker room. I think it's going to be a really, really good fit. I really believe that. I really think the guys – even the Jacoby guys like Darius Leonard and Anthony Walker, I really think they're going to really uh, like Phillip Rivers. I don't know if Clowney fits in what the Colts are trying to do. 
Yeah, I mean, and listen. Plus Toure. I mean, if, yeah. if he comes, Toure's not going to see any snaps. Yeah, I think it could it could stunt his growth, certainly. Uh, but I, I think that there are guys now who, who take that sort of – I don't like the word mercenary because it implies, like, you know, you're a bad guy or something. Yeah. I, I, so I don't, I don't mean – I don't mean it in that way. What I mean by that is like a guy who will put on any uniform and it's, it's a business decision, right? And that's okay. <clears throat> Excuse me. It, it is a business decision, right? I mean, these guys only get to play for a finite amount of time. You should make as much money as you can. But I mean, but there are guys who have succeeded. <clears throat> excuse me, in taking that approach. I mean, I look at a guy like Michael Bennett, for example. How many, pl- how many teams has this guy played on, right? Yeah. And he goes there, yeah. he gives you eight, ten sacks, and he goes to the next team, right? And he just yeah. keeps doing it. And but, he fits in, he fits in the team, the culture. That's hard to do. Right. But I don't think, I don't think that's true for everybody. And, and that's where, uh, you have to be careful. And especially when you're talking about, at least I can only speak for the Colts. That's where they are very particular about. And so, so I think it's a factor. And, and the other thing there is, look, I mean, I know it's not about numbers. I don't like to make this all about numbers, but, uh, Jadavian's, Cl- Jadavian Clowney's career high in sacks is nine and a half. I mean, Houston had, that is a year when Houston he played with JJ Watt. Ten? Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, Justin Houston just had 11 sacks. of his generation. Yeah. Right. I don't see it. I don't see it happening. Uh, you could argue that that Clowney is a little more hype than actual production. He there he does a lot more than get sacks. This guy's a great run defender. He's, good player. He's active. Really he's disruptive. Player. He's really good. But if we're talking about that type of that type of money, then he's got to be literally. Uh, he's got to be the best player on your team, probably. And I don't know that he would be. So anyhow, good good conversation though. Let's do two more okay? because um, I think these are different topics we hit on. We hit on this a little bit, but uh, Radrick wants to know who's going to get a contract extension this summer. Is there a young player? And he mentions Marlon Mack. We talked about that. He also mentions Malik Hooker. You know, who's the guy that's going to get their second contract? I got an idea. I think it's probably Ryan Kelly. Yeah. But I don't know if it gets done before the season. But it makes so much sense to get it done. He's, he's been fantastic. He would be my choice. And I, I just think that Having that center, I don't know who the quarterback's going to be long term, but having the center in place, especially if you're potentially going to have a young quarterback in here in the near future, I think that is such a stabilizing force for a quarterback. And and Ryan Kelly, I mean, I think he's played at a Pro Bowl level before even last year. I think his injuries probably yeah. kept him out. Yeah. But uh, he earned that Pro Bowl nod last year, and I thought he was it was fantastic. And I, I think we we talk so much about. Quentin Nelson and what he does on the second level or in pulling and different I think things. Kelly's Kelly does it too. Just a hair behind him. Yeah. Nelson gets the highlights. I think Kelly's almost as good as Nelson. I mean, he's he's going to be a pro bowler for 5 or 6 years, I think. Yeah, I think he's he's a long time uh he's a guy who's probably going to get two or three contracts and play a long time if he stays healthy, granted. Um which, you know, he's got to prove, but but if if he has his health, this guy's going to play a long time and be a good player for a long time. Smart guy, uh, understands protections and and really helps his quarterback out a lot. So I I think Ryan Kelly. The interesting thing you mentioned Hooker. I'll just say this. Yeah, we, we should touch on this too. That's I I don't know yet about yeah. that. So so here's here's one little housekeeping thing on Hooker. They have to I think by uh, May. I don't remember the exact date, but they have until May to exercise the fifth-year option on Malik. That would be for the 2021 season. So this is his fourth year, uh, 17, 18, 19, 20, right? So fourth year for Malik Hooker, 
uh, final year of his rookie contract, the fifth year option is a team option. They have to exercise that by May. I anticipate they will do that. It'll bump his salary up quite a bit, but still at safety, yeah. the number's pretty low. Uh, the question is beyond that. I don't think they extend him now. I think they play out that fifth year and see I, what happens. Yeah, Or at least play out this year. They want more from him. Chris Ballard said that. And, you know, the Colts tweeted out today, I think it's, I think it's Malik's birthday, and they said happy birthday to the ball hawk. And, yeah, he, he's made some awesome plays. He's got the talent. But he gives up a lot of plays, too. And I think Ballard hinted at that. And that's part of this. And he's not he's not there yet. I think they want to see more. This was the first pick of Chris Ballard's tenure at GM. And I think you're right. I think fifth-year option is a much more likely road to go down than an extension because I I don't think the Colts are dead set on him just yet. I think they need to see more, especially in consistency in the pass game. Um, hasn't shown a lot in terms of improving his tackling ability, but he makes those jaw-dropping plays. Believe that. The play he made on Phillip Rivers in week one, it's one of the best defensive plays I think I've seen in years. Um, but I think we need to see more from Malik Hooker. And no one's really talking about it, but I think this is a really, really big year for him because you're going to find out where he's at five years into his career. He's battled a lot of injuries. He's played through a lot of them. He's gotten better. He's made some huge plays. Um, but I don't think he's as complete a player as the Colts want at this point. So it's a big year for him. Yeah, and, and consistency, frankly. That's that's yeah. got to be his meal ticket this year. Yeah. So we'll see. Uh, all right, let's wind down. What, what's uh, what's our last one? Last one from Eric. Um, which team in the AFC South is most likely going to keep the Colts from winning the division? Hmm. I think it's a pretty obvious answer. Well, is it? I don't know. Because yeah. I, I think I, – I, I lean Tennessee. Yeah, I, it's, it's interesting because I think the most talented team is not Tennessee. <laughs> I think the most talented team well, is Houston. But but they've never Still? let that get in their way <laughs> of sucking. Right. I, I mean, Tennessee's the best coach team. They are. I mean, at least coming off nineteen, you have to say that they were last year. Um, I, I I just I think Houston's going to take a big step back. I think Hopkins is that good. I think Watts getting older, and I I don't think Watson's style of play with less talent around him is going to last. You know, he's just such. He, I love Watson, man. He's an MVP for me in a couple of years. But without that talent, and you got you saw it down in Houston. I mean, you saw Hopkins win the game by himself. He was that good. Uh, without Hopkins, without that down the field game breaking talent at wide receiver, I don't know if Houston can can do it this year. Yeah, and they still have to protect Watson too, which is not something they do reliably. Yeah. Um, it, I think Tennessee. I would probably lean toward Tennessee too. Yeah. And and I think again, sometimes it's not about talent. This is something that you realize over the years, you know, uh, the most talented team doesn't always win. Right. I think we see this all the time. I think in terms of talent, I still think Houston has the edge, but, but Tennessee, they've been the team that's been able to put it all together. And there's just something about that. Now, what I do think is now, was this a fluke? You know what I mean? Well, that's that's what they're going to have to prove. Tannehill was great last year, but it was like, you know, 10 to 12 games and they gave him a whole bunch of money. And we've seen this happen before. We've we've seen this happen with like a Brock Osweiler, Mm -hmm. you know, where they get a flash in the pan and then water finds its level. I don't know if that's going to happen. I think Tannehill is better than that, but I absolutely think the Colts can win the division this year. And I think that's what the Colts think as well. I think they should feel very good about it. I I actually... 
I actually like Houston and Tennessee a lot. I don't love either team, though. You know, if that makes sense. Yeah. I like them, don't love them. And I, the reason for that is, uh, I think we've already hit on them. Houston, I think, has some has some key spots where I don't trust them. And then Tennessee, it's more about uh, sustaining, the sustainability, I guess. Yeah. And so there's – there, there's some fundamental questions about both teams. Whereas with with the Colts, look, they got a lot to prove. They were seven and nine, shit. I mean, but what yeah. I'd say, and they got rolled by the Jags in Week Seventeen. Sure, you can't ignore that either. So they got nothing to brag about. But I, I do think they have number one. I think that was sort of a, an off year for a lot of reasons, and I think also they have addressed some key areas, man. And and with the guys are getting back in terms of. You know, returning from injury, they're a much, much. They're such a different team. They're such a different team. Whereas those other two are have not changed for the better necessarily. They're they're practically the same team, and in the case of Houston, a worse team. So, so yeah, I I think I feel really strongly about the Colts' chances, man. I, I don't see any, I don't think there's any reason they can't win the division. That's not a prediction. I'm just saying, are they able to? Absolutely. Well, they're not able to if they don't play football this fall. Uh, at this point, who knows what's going to happen. I sure as hell hope they do because we need sports, man. We need but, football um, badly. Hopefully, hopefully we get good news in the next weeks and months and, and whatever the offseason becomes, yeah. you know, we can sort of get back to normal and, and cover some football and watch some football in August and September. But for now, as we said earlier, we're pretty damn busy. <laughs> and the draft is coming, and apparently that will not be – that will not be altered apparently from, from all accounts. So uh, still stay tuned. There's more to come. Uh, we've got some, some good stories on tap in the works. Uh, lots of coverage up on the athletic Indiana right now. If you haven't got caught up, if you're not a subscriber, by the way, uh, we are continuing to offer this deal, uh, particularly with what's going on, you know, kind of giving people a, an olive branch here, a 90 day free uh, trial for the athletic if you subscribe, click on any of our stories, it'll take you to that link that'll enable you to do that. That's the longest we've ever offered. It's usually seven days. So you're getting a 90-day free trial right now. Um, if you hate it, cancel. I feel Go like life. there's a ton of awesome stuff there on is. the site right now. There is. Um, you've got a mock draft up. You wrote long on, on Philip Rivers and why Frank Reich was the pushing force behind that. Uh, there was a really good piece from, from Mike Sando about all the different NFL execs kind of weighing in on what other teams did. I always love what you know NFL execs think about the other moves. That was a great some story. interesting stuff about the Colts. Yeah. And I wrote a long one, completely unrelated to everything, about Bill Polian and Jay Moore. For those of you old enough to remember this, we have the audio on there now. It's unbelievable. It's some of the best sports radio you'll ever hear in your life. Um, it, it'll be maybe the best 15 minutes of your day if, if you get a couple laughs out of that. Yeah, awesome. So, and and one other thing, uh, if you're a gearhead, uh, Bob Kravitz has a really good Alexander Rossi story that you should check out as well. So, so we got it all. Um, you know, quarantine or uh, pandemic or not, uh, we're still at it. So, anyhow, thanks for listening. We appreciate you guys, and uh, we're, we'll be back. We got much more content to come, as I said. So, stay with us, and more episodes of One Percent Better coming up. Thanks again.